0: On Tuesday night, Borough's winning form at home came to an end as we dropped points to Inform Stoke, drawing 1 1 with results on Wednesday, ensuring that the gap to automatic promotion has grown once again back to six points. What is up guys, Matthew here and welcome back to another episode of Project Borough where today I'm going to be discussing Borough's 1-0 draw at home to Stoke City on Tuesday night, which was a game I was at, a game in which I'm surprised I never caught hypothermia, it was freezing, and a game in which Borough's winning form at home came to an end. Heading into the game, I think I said it in my last episode, and I was saying it to a couple of guys before the game as well. I felt really nervous about this game. Um, Stoke were just in great form. Like I said, they'd had some great results away at Sunderland, some great results at home at Blackburn. And for the first time, it seemed like they'd finally been clicking and had found consistency. And I, and I honestly thought it was going to be a really tight game, and if we were going to win it, it was going to be really, really edgy. Um, I did believe if we score first, we would have done enough but we conceded in a really, really crucial part of the game, which I think set the tone, really, for the rest of the second half, especially. But, yeah, we come into this game, we'd won seven home games in a row, Stoke come into it in great form, and Borough had the chance to close the gap, at least, to Sheffield United, to one point for 24 hours, at least, pile the pressure on a little bit. And we were good in the first... 10-15 10 15 minutes, I'd say. Um, I think we started the game really well. I think that was the period in which we had to kill the game off. I think um, Tuba, you know, capitalized on a, a mistake by one of their defenders, was briefly in one on one, but put his shot wide. Um, not too long. I think it might have been later. I'm not sure if it was before or later, but had another great effort that hit the bar. And I feel like one of them two chances had to go in. And uh, Boris' dominance in the early goings did lead to a goal of sorts and um, we weren't the only side though stoke did have some really good chances uh, hoover who went on to score for them had a great chance um when the ball was played across the box and uh, he kind of just sliced it wide as he ran onto it um, and maybe should have hit the target, maybe should have scored but burr took the lead and it was a great counter attacking goal it was all from tuber akpom who nicked the ball in the midfield and it was a quick counter attack ramsey to mcgree mcgree cutting back playing it to akpom who slotted it beautifully into the far corner and Usually, you'd think we're in control. At home, we can control, dictate the game, go into another gear, and finish the game off. But once Borough scored, we just weren't the same team. It was really strange, and I don't think I've ever seen a Michael Carrick-Borough team feel and look this disconnected. Never before have I seen a team misplace so many passes just not be on the same wavelength we were trying to play the ball inside trying to play the ball forward to the likes of Ramsey or Archer or Akpom who you normally can hold it up can turn and, and um, turn the defender and, and get him behind but they were on their heels too many times and you've got to credit Stoke really their pressing was fantastic um, every time we played the ball one of our attackers they were right on their back uh, the ball just wasn't sticking to a Borough player our touches were heavy ricochets were going their way you know we were knocking the ball out of play and we just didn't look like a team who played together before after that um stoke grew into the game and um we were hanging on as the half went on and um you know i thought to myself when they were on top towards the end of the half i thought we just need to get in half time one nil and if Borough had, had gone in at half time one nil regrouped come back out took control second half they might have had to have come out a little bit more and and maybe we could have caught them on the counter-attack or something i feel like the game may have suited us a little bit better but just on the brink of half time a switch across to the right hand side and i will say Stoke did this a lot and it worked extremely well for them on tuesday they kept switching it diagonally over both of our fullbacks, and that was how they kept getting down the side um, and getting the ball across and into the, and around the box and it was really effective and it was one of them switches again and Giles must have missed it by an inch you could even hear it skim his hair as it went over his head and he chose to commit to the header he didn't get it if he hadn't have got it I think he would have got back and covered but um, yeah, he just missed it he committed didn't get the ball and uh, Hoover who is scored, I I, th- I don't think he'd scored for Stoke before the Blackburn game and he's, he got a brace there and he got another one here, it was a great finish between the legs of Zach Steffen and on the brink of half time we were pegged back and I felt like that was just a sucker punch I just didn't see us recovering from and as the second half went on I thought maybe we'd come out um, regroup and, and go again and get a grip of the game but we didn't um, second half was no better, in fact it was probably even worse, um, again Misplacing passes, um, heavy touches, just not on the same wavelength at all. Um, And Stoke were by far the better team. They were in control. We didn't really create much in the second half at all, and and they created a number of chances. And um, you know we have Zach Steffen to thank massively for making some really crucial saves and keeping us in it, especially towards the end of the game. And um, yeah, it got to the full time whistle. the frustration was just growing. I said this in the last in my last episode. You know, maybe Stoke could frustrate us and make it difficult, and, and that's exactly what happened. The fans were getting frustrated um, with how many misplaced passes we were making. I mean, we couldn't string two passes together, and the fans were getting frustrated. That was making the players probably a little bit more on edge, a little bit more desperate. Um, it gave Stoke confidence, I feel, and, and we just never looked like scoring a second goal. And uh, if anything, they looked like maybe scoring the winner. So. When the full-time whistle went, there was frustration, but I think we kind of come away from it thinking they're a team in form. They're a team who, you know, put five past Sunderland. They're, they're in a great place, and maybe that's a good point. Maybe that's a good point, um, you know, against a team who are playing extremely well. And uh, you know, end of the day, we have to remember we've won seven in a row at home, and we can't win them all. You know, Carrick's win percentage has been 70 plus percent since he came in. The form's been ridiculous. We've not drawn a game since November. Um, we're winning mostly every week. And I was speaking to, to my friend Johnny, who is the host of the Borough Breakdown podcast, so I will shout them out now. Check them out if you are not already. And he said something to me which I, I made perfect sense. He said to me, the problem with Borough, it weirdly, the worst thing we could have done, in a way, was become so good at home. Because the expectations have kind of been raised now to the point to which if we don't beat everyone at home... We were coming away from the game thinking that we weren't that great or it wasn't good or we were, you know, what's going on? What's Carrick doing? Um, and, you know, success, I guess, breeds overconfidence and maybe complacency from the fans' perspective in the sense that I think we may be going to every home game assuming we're going to win it, assuming that we'll just get the result. And um, no matter who the team is who rocks up, and you've got to give it to Stoke, I thought they were absolutely fantastic and it was one of the best away performances I've seen at the Riverside this season and how how they played, how they passed the ball, how they managed the game, how they frustrated the fans. They kept interrupting play, never allowed us to get into our rhythm at any point. And uh, yeah, it was the perfect way of performance and you can only give them credit, really. Um, you know, they are within their right and the team's always going to rock up and try and, you know, compete and spoil the party and that's what they did. So, you know, instead of losing the game, which on another day maybe a borough side of a few months ago would have lost that game we didn't we drew and we come away with something uh which was a point and uh yeah it was a bad performance but it wasn't bad it wasn't good it wasn't it was just very very average and below the immense standards we've set ourselves but um every time we've had a below par performance we've bounced back immediately under Carrick, and we have another home game at the weekend to hopefully do just that but however uh on Wednesday or tonight as I'm recording this, but the night after Sheffield United went to Sunderland and Had the opportunity to reopen a larger gap of course, we gained a point on them. The gap was down to three and Unfortunately for us Sheffield United went to our northeast neighbors and took all three points, but in controversial circumstances uh, this was not a good game for the referee um, Sunderland took the lead all Borough fans who were supporting Sunderland for one night and one night only were ecstatic um, but exactly like in the Borough game. Um, uh, Sheffield United nicked an equaliser right on half-time. Again, I was thinking if Sunderland can just get in at half-time one nil up, it's a different game. They didn't and they uh, equalised one each and then in the second half... Sunderland conceded again um, and Sheffield United went ahead and clung on to the equaliser. Now the reason why I say the referee had a bad game is possibly Sunderland should have had a penalty in the first half. A potential handball for Sander Berger. Not too sure if his arms were too close to the ball. His arms were in an unnatural position but he wasn't looking at the ball. So I don't know how uh, intent it was that he handballed it. But the rule is if your hands are in an unnatural position and you handball it it's a penalty, like when we got the penalty against uh, Reading, and um, the ref didn't give it, so Sunderland, argue they you know, should have had a penalty, but not too long later, uh, Trey Hume got a booking for what I think should have been a red card, uh, a very, very nasty tackle on Andai. should have put Sunderland down a 10 men, but it didn't um, but the biggest of all was Sheffield United's second goal um, free kick, two players were miles offside um, even if they touched it, even if they didn't, they're interrupting play in the keeper's eye line preventing him from knowing whether to come out and save or not um, and it was offside simple as that so Sheffield United's goal, second goal, winning goal was offside um, so they've they've got away with one there in the sense that they've won the game um, despite a poor refereeing decision from the linesman and the referee who just had a bad game all round so what that does for the championship then is it does allow Sheffield United to regain a six point gap to the borough it could have been smaller if borough had won last night you know it could have remained at three but uh, with those dropping points and sheffield united winning unfortunately the gap is back up to six which again isn't unsurmountable um it is a bit of a cushion though which you know um we can't afford to get any bigger i feel like when we brought the gap down from i think it was seven to four i felt like we were we were right in reach then Seven, I feel like it's on the tipping point of if it if it exceeds any more than seven, maybe goes up to eight, nine, ten. Then I think we're we're massive outsiders. So we've we've been put back in the position of we can't really afford to drop points, especially lose a game at the moment with the gap. So yeah, it's not great, but like I said, Borat aren't going to win them all. Uh, Sheffield United aren't going to win them all. There's going to be twists and turns, and we need to just keep doing what we're doing. The hope. The gap will close up, but uh, we also need to keep our eye over our shoulder because Luton Town won again. They beat Bristol City by one goal to nil with a Carlton Morris goal early in that one. And uh, Blackburn beat Reading at home 2-1 as well. So they've both picked up three points, as did Millwall on Tuesday night. So the gap to us has closed up for all three of them sides. We're only one point ahead of Luton. Two ahead of, Black, uh, three ahead of Blackburn and four ahead of Millwall. Crucially, though, Norwich dropped points to Huddersfield, who are right down the bottom of the league. West Brom dropped points to Cardiff, who were also right down the bottom. So, in a sense, it's been a good day for all the teams in the playoffs um, with a four-point cushion from Millwall to Norwich and, crucially, a eight-point cushion uh, between us and Norwich, which is massive. So... You know, we're still more than comfortably in the playoffs. Um, if this was the playoff race tomorrow, I'd be more than comfortable Borough would go on and win it. Um, but still, I think the top two is still on. I don't think Sheffield United were, again, all that convincing. You know, Sunderland aren't a great team at home. Um, and on another day, they'd have got something from that game. So, yeah, we'll just push on. Next up for us is Preston North End at home. At the weekend and to be fair Preston are a good away side I think they've got one of the best away records in the league Emil Reese is injured which is a good thing for us because he always scores against Borough but in terms of their form Preston are doing quite well they're unbeaten in their last five at least um, getting wins against Wigan drawing against Coventry getting a good point away at Watford which is something we need to look out for as well as going to Rotherham and winning of course Rotherham and, and Cardiff you know, and Wigan aren't, aren't massive victories. They're not victories that you could say are, are worth shouting about too much. But yeah, you've got to say for Preston, um, they're in decent form, better form than they've been in for most of the season. I wouldn't say they've, they've found consistency as such. But yeah, they're going to come to the Riverside in decent confidence. You know, they were in a run of consecutive defeats, but they seem to have stopped the rot a little bit. And they've only conceded one goal. In their last five and only two goals in their last six so defensively they seem to have turned a the corner they're kind of in mid table with nothing to play for which I always feel makes teams a little bit more dangerous so this is gonna be another game that Borough needs to be on it um, if we're not on it there's every chance we could struggle so yeah I, I predict Borough will get a win here I feel like if we want to be serious about automatic promotion these are the games we have to be winning um, I feel like it's gonna to be tough again. It's not gonna be easy, but with Borough's trend of coming, you know back from from tough fixtures and and under par performances and coming back with a bang and performing really well next time out I feel like it's I think we're gonna get back on track here um, Like I said, I'm gonna go with a similar prediction to what I had against Stoke I think it'll be a, a 1-0 2-0 I don't think we'll absolutely run right over Preston. I think they're, they're too solid for that, but I don't think they'll trouble us too much at the other end so I don't think there'll be too many goals in this one but I'm going to say Borough to win one or 2-0 and of course uh, Sheffield United do not play in the league this weekend, they play in the Cups so the least Borough can do is close the gap back down to 3 points, of course Sheffield United do have a game in hand. Um, They will have a game in hand following that, but um, they don't play in the league now until they're back from the international break when they travel to Norwich. Which, to be honest with you, is a game that could literally go any which way. But we can't win them all. So we're going to leave it there, so thank you very much for watching guys, if you've enjoyed this video do hit the like button, subscribe for more and do hit the bell so you never miss an episode of Project Borough. I do game reviews following every game, I also do career mode content on FIFA as well as other games like F1 and we'll have some really awesome stuff coming in the future too on the channel both football content related and gaming content so do stick around if that's something of your interest like i mentioned earlier please do go and follow and check out the borough breakdown podcast a great podcast that i do creative work for and they are the best borough pundits out there so go and check that out if you haven't already but until next time thank you so much for watching guys i will see you all next time